0: Coming up on Pass the secret sauce.
1: You have to just really think about what is marketing. Marketing is putting the right thing in front of the right people. And so if you think about, all right, what is the right thing and who are the right people? And and what's the best way for me to make that happen on the internet? And so, you know, the right thing might be a video. The right thing might be clips from an interview Mm -hmm. that you did with someone rather than you saying, you know, I just painted this image. It's a beautiful image. I really want you to go to my, my online gallery and have a look at it. Well it might be you interviewing one of your customers and yeah. listening to those words. So marketing again you know is putting the right thing in front of the right people and so then when you come to the Facebook and Instagram platforms, the other thing that's remarkable about, about those platforms is the, um, the tools for targeting.
0: Mm-hmm. So now
1: you get into that whole realm of, of advertising and that opens up. And that's really why I went to the internet to, uh, to market was I knew that there was a way to, to dial down into the niche that I was marketing to.
0: Welcome to the show. I'm Matt Shields. On Past the Secret Sauce, we unscramble the life stories, skills, and secrets from the most wicked smart minds and interesting people – to uncover their experience and recipes for success that will help you get an edge on your own life. My goal is to help you rein in on the chaos that life throws at us by learning from other high achievers. If you're new to the show, we have episodes with founders, CEOs, investors, and leaders. So if you like to learn and are motivated to improve your life, then kick back and listen to our guests pass their secret sauce. Today on Pass the Secret Sauce, we have David Emmons, who is the owner of Artist Marketing Formula. So David has been an artist for the better part of his life, and he used to sell all of his wares, all of the things that he's created at shows, different artist shows and trade shows and and those types of things. And he realized that the internet is a much, much better, stronger way to be able to Uh, attract the right type of clientele that he is looking for he he gets into the story of obviously how he made that transition and and some of the things that he's realized are you know absolutely amazing so if you're creative if you're if you're Creating something or you're you're building something, making something, and you're looking for a larger reach. This is going to be an episode that you're get, definitely going to want to take a listen to. Davy gets into how he identifies different target uh, markets, how he basically uses about a day, dollar a day budget to be able to advertise his business and you know keep honing and tweaking that. You know you you hear of all of these gurus, you hear of all of these these different people online that are you know have this magic formula if you will what david talks about it just makes sense it makes perfect perfect sense with how he approaches this in a very very methodical way so you know again you'll you'll hear of this you know quote unquote secret method or secret way of doing things david breaks all of that down in a way that just makes perfect sense and really 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 inspiring so i hope you enjoy today's episode of pass the secret sauce
1: Dinner table as a child. Well, memories are always that mom was home. Mom was home, dad was probably working. I have four sisters. So it was uh, probably David trying to cause some kind <laughs> of mischief. <laughs> yeah, that's that's uh that's probably my my most vivid memory of my childhood were, dinner. Were table.
0: you uh, the typical brother-sister relationship, sisters relationship where you're always like you know, trying to scare them, pick on them, all that kind of stuff. I used to do the exact same thing to my sister. Constantly, too, constantly. Yeah, in yeah. fact,
1: Ninety percent of my memories as a, as a child are all the, <laughs> the miscellaneous pranks and uh, exactly, and
0: <laughs> exactly. That's funny. What's um? So, did you have any kind of entrepreneurial influences growing up, for anything? Did you did you, you know, have anybody who you looked up to that might have uh, had their own business or anything like that? At all. Well,
1: at, at my youngest age, you know, I was always, uh, I had a paper route and then I had to, it's funny, I was sharing this story with my daughters the other day, you know, I had a paper route, then I had to find a way to get a second paper route. Oh, and nice. I, and, and I look back at that, and I, I I'd never really thought about that until most recently, that there's a common thread there in everything I've ever done. It's, it's looking to do more. How can I do more? How can I double down on this? How can I capitalize on this? And I, and it's funny how I thought about the paper route and never really thought about that in that light. But younger years, you know, it's probably some teachers, probably something there. I noticed that I was always trying to do the extra credit assignments, mm-hmm. do the, whatever it was that could get me a little bit more, better grade in school, a little bit more in I was in the Boy Scouts for a while, so I've looked to do you know extra work there, so there must have been something underlying that I never really noticed. then, at some point in my my journey, I was working for a gentleman who owned a big uh construction business, and I managed one of his properties and He happened to be a guy who was always going after uh self improvement so he had all these Cassette tapes and had a library of all these these courses that he had purchased uh, over the years, and I I used to borrow those courses from him and listen to those tapes, and that is really what spurred my entrepreneurial career. Is I, I've listened to one of the speakers once, and it, I had this aha moment that, oh my gosh, I've been limiting myself to what other people see in me, and yeah. really the potential is just as big as I can ever imagine. And so that's what really launched my career that I would say I was probably 24 years old when that happened.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And do you remember what that, what that aha moment was that, that, you know, just kind of, I guess, taking a step back, you know, this is what I thought then. And then I realized this, that any, Anything that stands out there for you?
1: Yeah, I mean, I I remember the uh, the uh, the the tape program. It was Robert Schuler, who, uh, you know, his his Robert Schuller's brand. I didn't even know Robert Schuler was a, a pastor. I listened to probably twelve cassette programs from from Robert Schuler, never recognizing that this guy was a Christian pre, uh, pastor. But he uh, his his teaching was possibility thinking. Okay, so okay. everything about him was possibility thinking. And the aha moment was that I think there's a a meme out there or a saying out there that is, whatever the mind of man can conceive and believe, he can achieve. Mm -hmm. When I started seeing that shown to me in examples, Robert Schuller, one of the beautiful things about the way he taught is he would give you example after example after example of somebody who had so many obstacles to overcome and they went on to greatness. And he would use those examples to show you that the possibilities that are within you, the potential that resides in every human being is beyond your wildest dreams. And when at some point, as I listened to him talk about that, it clicked. (laughs) I was sharing this with my daughter last night. And at that moment in time, it became as true to me as gravity. It's as true to me as, as the oxygen that fills my lungs. And at that point, everything shifted for me. And I recognized two, two giant things. Number one, I could accomplish whatever. There were no limits. There were zero limits on what I would have the ability to accomplish. Yeah, and number yeah. two, if there was something I desired in my life and it wasn't there, it was on me. It was mm-hmm. my fault. <laughs> yeah. And so it's a heavy, a heavy burden, uh, but also just this unlimited, the, the ceiling was gone. Yeah, and at, that, at that point, my entire life shifted. It, it was just I, really remarkable.
0: I like that you you put in, you know, that there's a self responsibility there. You know that if you if you don't have it, have it. It's on you because I think you know today that that's that's completely missing in so much of society. It's you know, well, look at them. Look at look at what they have. You know, why can't I have that? And you know, the 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 expectation is that I should be able to have that. You know, right now, right? Everything else is immediate. Why can't I go and get a Ferrari right now? But, but you know, like you said, if you want the Ferrari, you know, that's on you. You have to go and do it. And, and again, I think that's something that a lot of people don't necessarily focus on. So, I like that.
1: Yeah, it's it's so important to recognize that, and and it's also important to recognize that there may be things that you're not willing to do. You're not willing to put forth the effort. Yeah. To, to get to that level or to accomplish that thing. And that's fine. You know, yeah. there are a lot of things. I, have, I think that what we as entrepreneurs, uh, we have a, an abundance of ideas. And one of the things that's so important to recognize is you don't have to execute every idea. Yeah. <laughs> Just because yeah. you have it and it could be a business, uh, you know, you may never do it. You may not want to go down that path. And, and that's perfectly fine. You, you need to remember not to beat yourself up over that you know, that idea that could have been, you know, the $10 billion, but you do need to recognize that, that you are in control and at a level that we don't even realize, you know, there is a, there is a level to things manifesting in our lives that, you know, is on a spiritual level that we've yet to really fully understand. If you, if you dive into neuroscience and, and just the science that that is currently known, mm-hmm. and, and recognize that there is a connection between your thoughts and what your daily life unfolds to become. Mm-hmm. Uh, once you start realizing that, then you know that that really again it puts it puts you in the driver's seat. But yet it it also gives you all this responsibility. Uh, you know yeah. that yeah. the outcome of your life is really being dictated by what's going on inside your head. And then that determines what you execute on.
0: Yeah. I love that. I love that. Is there, have you learned anything over the years of, you know, obviously everybody has bad moments. Everyone has, you know, moments when they get depressed or they, you know, get upset with something, you know, recognizing those moments and, and maybe techniques to sort of say, Hey, you know what, this is not, this is not my path. This is not uh, congruent with where I want to to get to or what I want to achieve. You know, let me, you know, maybe re-spin this, rephrase this, uh, change the way that I'm looking at whatever this is to get me back on that path. Is there, Have you learned anything over the years to sort of, number one, recognize that and then maybe techniques to be able to sort of reframe yourself? Is that...
1: Yeah, I mean, hundred percent, and and I mean, I think we all we all have this 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 problem of um, you will hit points where you get depressed. You'll hit yeah, points yeah. where you're frustrated. You'll 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 hit these these uh, these areas, and you'll know it intrinsically. You know, you just you're down or whatever. You you need to number one recognize that there are things triggering these physiological emotions, and mm-hmm. and 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 there are hacks that you can use. To break that, so number one, uh, I would I would say is asking better questions. Mm-hmm. So you need to recognize that the human brain, if it's asked a question, will immediately go about answering that question. And so it doesn't matter what the question is. If I ask you, you know, if I ask my child, why are you so stupid? Why do you suck at math? Why are, you know, mm-hmm. their brain is going to say, well, because you know, this, it's going to answer that negative question. So you yeah. always yeah. want to ask a better question. You know, what can you do to become better at arithmetic? What can you do to become better at whatever? Yeah. What can I do right now to learn the skill that I need to learn? what, what YouTube video could I find that might be able to give me a shortcut to the thing I'm trying to learn? What, you know, so always ask a better question, always phrase your questions in the positive. That's huge. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so that's kind of a mental exercise. But then there, there are literally physiological things you can do. There's been so many studies done on, are there triggers that can cause happiness or positive attitude? And I was reading a study once about Simply taking a a pen or a pencil, putting it between your teeth and biting on it, and they did an experiment with lots and lots of people to determine that just by simply biting on a pencil, it causes the same muscles to fire in your face as if you're smiling. And, and when they and when they researched the the outcome of that, people who were depressed are feeling better. Just and so anyway, what that tells me is. That you can do things, there are all kinds of studies on the way you sit in your, in your office, you know, whether or not you, you can even do experiments with yourself, you can, you can put your elbows on your table, put your head in your hands like this, and then describe how you feel. Now all you did was a physical motion, you just physically did something with, with your anatomy, but yet emotional things are firing off in your body. And it's remarkable. So you can do these experiments and and recognize within yourself that there are things that I do that make me happy. There are things that I do that bring me down. I I had something happen to me about a year ago. I went for a bike ride. And as I got on my bike, I stood up and I was pedaling my bike standing up. I hadn't done that since I was probably 13 years old. I was instantly 13 years old. Yeah, in my yeah. my mind i was instantly there i was like a 13 year old kid on my bike it was amazing to me so now every time i bike ride i do that because i know that if those things are firing off inside of me mm-hmm. and i can feel it in my body that that is physiologically doing something to my cells yeah and, you know yeah. and my mental attitude and so these hacks are really cool and so the biggest thing for for entrepreneurs and for anyone is to recognize that, you know, if you're feeling down, if you're feeling stuck, you can kind of hack your way out of that by, by just take, taking charge of the questions you're asking yourself and do some physiological things that just break that pattern.
0: Yeah, and I, really I, there, there's something there's something to be said there, too, where you, again, have self-awareness to recognize that hey you know what i feel like i'm 13 again like i was talking to somebody a few weeks ago and they were they they had they were in a car it was an older car and it had a cd player and he was with his wife and he he they specifically made this plans for this trip or this this evening out where they would leave their phones at home so they wanted to completely disconnect and he said that, that, you know, they were driving along, they put, you know, whatever it was, I can't remember what song it was REM, you know, CD and the, in the CD player. And they went over railroad tracks and it skipped. And they were like, wow, you know, we haven't heard that, you know, in, in, you know, forever. It's like, you know, so, so everybody's so wrapped up in, you know, your phones and and technology and all of that, you're missing all of these opportunities to be able to you know, absorb something that, you know, might create that inspiration or might bring you back to a different moment in time. So, so I've, I've started to make an effort of, you know, leave the phone behind, you know, it's, it's not that important um, to be able to, to be more in the moment. And actually I, I have another story along the same lines. A few weeks ago, my phone broke mm-hmm. and I, I had to go get another one at a Best Buy, which was in an area that I didn't know how to get there. Yeah. And so I went, okay, I'll go to whatever map quest and I'll, you know, print out the directions. The printer was out of ink. I'm like, well, shit, I gotta, I gotta handwrite these directions out and then I'm driving it along and I I actually have to pay attention to where I'm going, you know, which is like, like I said, or like you said, you, you, you get, you get these moments when you, you know, are disconnected and you are in the moment, you know, that, that, you know, can create that inspiration and, and, uh, you know, who knows what might come of it. So. I, I love that you you know again you you've you've done that twice now where it's again very very self aware and and you know more in the moment rather than being disconnected and you know in, entwined in some type of technology so love that love that it,
1: it's so neat and and if you teach yourself to kind of make these things happen I mean recognize that most of our lives we we do the same thing yeah and if you can just break up your pattern do all kinds of I mean, there, there are times where I'll, I'll I'll pick up my coffee mug with with the other hand. My, you know, I'm right-handed, so I'll pick it up with my left hand. Uh, you know, I'll, I'll walk through a room and, and maybe spin around on my way there because I always walk this way. I always go that way. I always go that way, and so I'm constantly trying to break patterns because doing that will allow new experiences to happen.
0: That's cool.
1: And so, if you just create the habit of breaking habits, <laughs> yeah. little tiny, just little tiny habits, you'd be shocked how many. If you think about how many things we do on autopilot, you know, I love that. Grab a mouse, we hit a keyboard, we brush our teeth, all these things. You know, we put our pants on the same way. It's like, oh my God, there's so many things that are just firing off automatically. That if you interrupt those things, like you were saying, with you know, I've got to maybe look at a map. I have to grab a pen and write these down on a notepad. (laughs) Oh my God, what's a notepad? (laughs) But it causes all these new things to happen, which. You know, for creative people, for entrepreneurs, those new things will give us so many, so many insights into maybe a great new idea, maybe a great new direction for our business. And and so you you want to interrupt patterns and allow that to expand where you're going with your life and your business.
0: Yeah, I love it. I love it. Wow. That yeah, that is that is fantastic stuff. So so your your life story, I, I think we kind of st- segmented off there when you're about 25 or so and you sort of found, you know, found this new inspiration. What what did you do next? What what type of path did this new knowledge take you down?
1: Well, you know, it was before the internet. And so the skills that I had that I loved or enjoyed uh, executing on were woodworking skills. I loved to work with wood. And so I had some skill there. And so I decided I was going to uh, see if I could make things out of wood and actually bring those to, those to, to market, bring them to craft shows and that kind of thing. And that went tremendously well. So I started making bird houses and bird feeders and these kinds of things. I ultimately designed some bird feeders that I got US patents on. Wow. And I went from a, a craft business to a wholesale business. And I was selling to Ace Hardware and True Value and and it ultimately, Kmart and Walmart, and uh, and I grew this 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 woodworking business out of my you know my talent to work with wood, mm-hmm. and um, that kind of shifted. And and uh, I met my wife at a at an event. We were, we were at an art show together, and she was her family had been making uh, some things out of metal and stained glass for years. So we got together, we got married. The businesses kind of merged, and. Um, and we, we would make bird feeders and these plant uh hangers, I call them, mm-hmm. and uh continue to do this this shows. At some point the internet came along. <laughs> so we had a website and and uh it kind of got to the point where you know I've been doing shows for probably 30 years mm-hmm. and the internet's now pretty established. Website was doing okay, residual sales after events, you would go to an event. Instead of people in the old days, people call you on the phone, they place another order. Well, now they go to your website and they place an order. But I started looking at the Internet saying, you know, is there a way for me to make a shift in this business? Can I stop doing all these shows and actually learn how to market online and and find customers and drive them to my website? Could I do that? Mm -hmm. And, And that's how my online my online adventure started. It was the desire to reduce the number of shows I was doing and see if I could crack the code, if you will, uh, for online marketing for a small brand, for an artist. Yeah,
0: yeah And
1: yeah. Uh, and that was really exciting. And, and I figured out that, yeah, I could. And, and not only could you, but I found out that artists and small brands had this huge advantage on the internet. And that exploded in my mind. Like, wow, not, not only does this work, but we have an advantage that's built into the AI Mm-hmm. So that the AI of the internet will literally work for us, unlike any other brand out there. And, yeah. and so, I started teaching this to artists that I knew, and I showed them what I was doing, I, I sharing my experience, uh, showing them how to stay focused in this real narrow lane that was getting success, bringing me success. And um, and then I ult- ultimately uh, developed an online course, and that's what I've been doing for the last. Uh, three or four years, I've been teaching, um, uh, teaching and coaching other artists and small brands. It's even it's growing now beyond small brands. I work with a lot of different business owners now, uh, inventors and, and entrepreneurs, and I teach them how to have online success and how yeah. to you know not get overwhelmed out there on the internet.
0: And that's, I think that's one of the main things. You know, there's obviously so many different paths and channels that you can take. You know, you you need your website, but then once you have your website, then there's all the social media stuff, and there's pay per click, and you know, there's remarketing, retargeting, all of that stuff. I think one of the main questions is, you know, where where do you where do you start? Like, what 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 is your recommendation of, you know, I understand I have to have a website, so I have my homepage, but then what's next? What what should I do to, you know. Take the next step.
1: Right. Well, the the key for me, and and I kind of reverse engineered this once I was having success. I recognized the reason I was having success was because of my 30 years in the real world selling to humans. Mm -hmm. And selling to humans in a very interesting niche. When you're when you're selling as an artist or as a creator. Uh, or any small business owner, it could be a restaurant, it could be a, a, a person, a hairstylist, when you and your customers are having this human interaction, that drives the business, right? Yeah. That's what drives the sales. Yeah. It's personalities connecting, it's people connecting with your story, they're connecting with your creative way to make something. Uh, if you're a painter or a photographer, uh, like I said, a restaurant owner, this human connection is really what makes the sales happen Mm -hmm. it's also what makes the fan base grow so again if you're a restaurant owner why do you have so much repeat business if you're a painter why do you have collectors that want the next thing that you come out with if you're a photographer why do you have this fan base because uh, a fan base of people who really love the way you see the world and you snap these amazing shots
0: hey it's matt If you've been listening to my podcast for a while, you know that I've been involved in the multifamily real estate realm for a while. It's something that I truly, truly enjoy, and I wanted you, my listeners, to be the first to know about something new coming out. We're calling it the MultiWiser Deal Room. It's a community of individuals just like you who want to get wise about multifamily real estate investing, developing, and even owning and managing your own complexes. You'll be able to network with people from all sections of the industry, from investors looking for deals, project managers looking for investors, real estate brokers, property management agencies, contractors, remodeling experts, finance growers, you name it, we're going to have it in the network. I've been at this for a while, and I know it takes a community to make just one of these projects happen. And the MultiWiser Deal Room is my attempt to shorten your learning curve and get you plugged into leading experts fast who can help you close your own deals. We start off with a video glossary of over 150 commonly used terms to increase your understanding and help you get moving. Also included in the community are training videos to help you be successful, like how to put together a pitch deck, build a team, and so much more. We're going to have live interactive Zoom calls where you can ask your questions and learn from people who are actually out there in the industry doing it. For more information, go to multiwiser.com.
1: That connection, that understanding of the human psychology side of, of marketing, if you will, is what you need to bring to the internet. Now, the internet becomes this amazing tool. Now, so the website is part of that. But a website by itself, without an understanding of the human psychology component to why people connect with you, a website can be a, an utter failure. Yeah, I okay. mean, it can could, it could work like crazy. It could rank high in SEO. You could you know, uh, win win the first page of Google and all that good stuff. And it could still have a lousy conversion rate of converting uh, visitors into customers. If you don't understand the human psychology side of this, Mm -hmm. once you understand the human psychology side and you weave that into all your marketing, well, that's, that's when it works. So some of the tools that are handy for us and and keep you focused in a lane would be, okay, obviously a website. So that's a place I, that's my online brand, my online Mm -hmm. brochure, my online Mm -hmm. presence, Make sure I do everything I can to replicate an in-person experience with a website. Use everything at your disposal. Make sure your face is on the homepage. Make sure you utilize video or or GIFs or anything that gets some motion happening on your website. Mm So visuals are good. Make sure you have customer testimonials on there because what other people say about your brand is way more important than what you say about your brand. So incorporate that. If I met you in person and we talked about what it is you do, what would those conversations look like? And how can I take some of that language and make sure that's on my website? Mm -hmm. So always ask the question, how can I best replicate an in-person experience with my website? And then the next part of the Internet that you want to use is where can I collect the community? Where is the best place? Because I have limited resources, I have limited time, I have Mm -hmm. limited money. What is out there on the Internet where I can gather a community, keep them in one place, go back to them at will and and the infrastructure is set up such that they can share information about me so they can spread the word about me, because that's what your customers they've done it forever. You know, word of mouth has happened on planet Earth forever. You know, there's a good watering hole over here. There's a good restaurant down here. The movie I saw last week was amazing. I just read this book. So word of mouth on the Internet is on steroids when you know how to use it. So I go to I go to Facebook and Instagram. It's the best platform or platforms on the Internet for corralling a fan base and using those tools to to I don't want to say exploit that fan base, but leverage that fan base to the best that you can. Okay. So you can do things in those ecosystems that make it very easy for people to share stuff about you. And, um, and so those are the website, and social media. And I like to keep my social media. I mean, because you could go, you know, you can go really wide with social media. I like to stay focused for most brands. Facebook and Instagram are going to be all you ever need to do. Mm-hmm. And so that's where I focus. What I've learned with my with my life and my career is that the more I can focus on something, the, the bigger that will get. And so if you go to the internet and you start spreading yourself too thin, you're not going to have success. You, you have to focus. And if yeah, you yeah. focus in the right spot, uh, and a lot of people focus on the wrong things, You know, spend all their time building a website that is mechanically sound, but it's from the human psychology standpoint, you know, those parts that we were talking about are missing. And so you focused, you spent a lot of time, but you focused on the wrong thing. Yeah. You have to to just really think about what is marketing. Marketing is putting the right thing in front of the right people. And so if you think about, all right, what is the right thing and who are the right people? and, And what's the best way for me to make that happen on the internet? And so, you know, the right thing might be a video, the right thing might be clips from an interview Mm -hmm. that you did with someone rather than you saying, you know, I just painted this image. It's a beautiful image. I really want you to go to my my online gallery and have a look at it. Well, it might be you interviewing one of your customers and listening to those words. So marketing, again, you know, is putting the right thing in front of the right people, and so then when you come to the Facebook and Instagram platforms, the other thing that's remarkable about, about those platforms is the, um, the tools for targeting. Mm-hmm. So now you get into that whole realm of, of advertising and that opens up. And that's really why I went to the internet to, uh, to market was I knew that there was a way to, to dial down into the niche that I was marketing to,
0: mm-hmm. and
1: you know the tools were on the internet, and so when you start diving into those tools and learning how to use those, it's insane. It's absolutely insane what you can do. I mean, yeah,
0: sure, yeah. sure. So, so one of the one of the things that I've always noticed about you know smaller businesses and creatives especially is you know they 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 get so wrapped up in whatever their whatever their skill set is, whatever their their task is, right? And, and, you know, all of these other things are sort of, call them distractions. I mean, you said before that you, you found in your life that, you know, when you focus on something, you know, you're, you're going to achieve the best results with that. Any advice to a creative that, you know, can, can help them understand how important this, this process is? Because again, I've seen a lot of, a lot of creatives that, you know i need to I need to do this, this and this, I've got this backlog of work, and I need to get all of this done, but then as soon as all of that is done, then it's now I got to go and hunt for more work again so how do you how do you suggest they balance that you know that that workload that they're probably still doing themselves with you know being able to to generate you know these new opportunities you know using technology any Any advice there would you say
1: yes absolutely number one you you've got to recognize that you have to market. And saying that, you have to also be very aware that it doesn't mean you're putting on a marketing hat and and turning into a marketer. You have to recognize that at the essence, what is marketing? You know, if, if you were to go to a dinner party and talk with someone about what you do as you create. So if you're a painter, you're whatever. And during a conversation, someone happens to say, wow, that's exactly what I'm looking for. You know, maybe you're a photographer and somebody was uh, looking to have the, you know, during the holidays, the family's all together and I wanted to get a family portrait done. They find out through a conversation with you that you're an amazing photographer. You do portrait sh- uh, shots. And so you connect and you make a sale. Now, you didn't have to put a marketing hat on to make that sale. Yeah, All you had to do was have an organic, authentic conversation with someone who was your your market, your niche. Right? Yeah. So they, they were a perfect prospect. Uh, you didn't know that. You're at a dinner party. You're just having a conversation. So when you go to the Internet and you say, you know what, I'm going to use this amazing tool to do marketing, just remember that it's it's not this grievous thing. Now I got to be a marketer. I got to learn how to write sales copy. I've got to do all yeah. this. That's not what it is. It's recognizing that there are people out there in the world who would be thrilled to purchase whatever it is you create. Mm-hmm. Those people exist. I mean, the bottom line on planet Earth, there are people who, if they stumbled upon you, they would be thrilled to engage in business with you. Yeah. Okay. So those people are out there. There has never been a better tool in the history of planet earth than the internet to find those people. So now you're going to go to the internet. You're just going to use this tool. The other thing I would tell you is that there are so many ways to set things up to be evergreen and sell for you around the clock Mm -hmm. so that you don't have to market every day. You don't have to create content every day. You don't have to constantly be posting on facebook constantly sitting at my computer you have to be smart with what you do when you're smart with the content that you create and you turn it into an evergreen piece and use the advertising uh, component of facebook you can then have something that's driving traffic to your website every single day yeah and it's just about being smart so what if you encapsulate everything i just said you you're staying focused you're being authentic you're just leveraging one or two tools so that you can put an evergreen piece out there that is constantly bringing a flow of people into your world yeah and then you yeah, know yeah. you're you're doubling down on those people because of the ecosystem you're playing in those people you're gathering them you know i call it corralling you're corralling those people so your fan base grows mm-hmm. and you know all of these things grow exponentially And so the the most important thing to remember is you can set this up kind of evergreen if you stay smart about it. Mm -hmm. So don't fall into the trap of just doing so much work. Just And again, it's asking a better question. You know, is there a way for me to create a piece of evergreen content Mm -hmm. that would represent who I am and what I create? That I could then get very good at targeting the right people, so I'm always in front of a new audience. Yeah, and, and I'm constantly bringing. The, and the answer to that is obviously yes. Yeah, and then as right. you start, you know, kind of brainstorming that out, you'll come up with the pers- perfect video to create, the perfect soundbite to create, the perfect slideshow maybe, and and you'll end up with a marketing piece that will blow your mind. Yeah. And
0: it's it's just it's a, amazing. So you you've you've mentioned quite a few times about. You know basically being in front of you know your your'll we'll call it ideal customer or you know the, the person who's looking for whatever your services are are you are you doing any type of you know online advertising to be able to segment or find those people uh, or is it is it basically you know more word of mouth you know using technology so obviously you're not you're not just focusing yourself in on you know, if you have a storefront, a specific city, or in your case, you're doing shows. So it's whoever comes to that show. And that's sort of your storefront at that point. Is it, is it, you know, more having, you know, again, having that reach that you're, that you're, you know, just organically attracting people, because, you know, those people are going to tell their friends? Or again, are you, are you attracting people, you know, by, you know, online advertising of some sort? you know, advertising them, you know, to, to get into your, into your network of, of people.
1: Right. Yes. I'm specifically advertising. I, I do some organic things, but uh, primarily I use the advertising platform of Facebook and Instagram Okay. and I use the tools. There's, there's three or four tools that are just mind bendingly powerful. Yeah. One of them is the surface level tool, which is interest targeting. So interest targeting means I can, target. let's say you're a painter and you paint in the style of Van Gogh and you paint people's pets like uh, Labrador Retrievers. Yeah. Well, we can target fans of Van Gogh. I can target fans of labs. I can target art collectors. And I layer these, these categories so that you have to qualify for something in each category. And I can target people who are fans of Christie's and Sotheby's. I can target, uh, you know, people who own yachts, people who own second homes, people who are subscribed to the top five uh, interior design magazines. So I know they're paying attention to the interior of their home. And when you layer that's targeting like that, and then you put content in front of them. So, and again, putting the right thing in front of the right people. That's what marketing is all about. So I'm going to come up with something that I want to put in front of these people that I know is going to catch their attention. And so I've targeted the right people, I put the right thing in front of them. And so now I'm growing, I'm doing a couple of things. I'm sending traffic to my website. I'm getting engagement on whatever advertising piece I put out there, people are touching it. They're liking it, they're commenting on it, they're sharing it, they might go to my website. I'll have a Facebook pixel on my website, which is a piece of code that tracks everybody who goes to the website. So all this data now. So I'm spending a dollar a day when I do this. Mm -hmm. I spend a dollar a day to put something in front of what should be my right customer. Mm -hmm. And then I get data that feeds back to me that I can then use to double down. And so you know, what something like that would look like is I could make a custom audience of everyone who goes to my website from that advertising piece. Mm-hmm. And so let's say 10,000 people see that piece and 1,000 go to my website. Well, the 1,000, those people are more important to me than the, the other 9,000 who just saw it and didn't do anything. Yeah. So I make a custom audience of those thousand people in the back end of my Facebook page. Now I could use that audience to send another add to, I could target that audience with a remarketing ad that can can literally say, Hey, I saw you're on my website. I wanted to let you know that just before Christmas, I have, you know, free shipping for all of my Mm -hmm. customers. And, and, and that ad would literally go in front of those thousand people. Yeah. The other thing I can do is I can ask the AI of Facebook, which is the most powerful AI out there. I can ask the AI to make me a lookalike audience of the custom audience. Uh, so the AI will look at 1,200 internet-wide data points on every individual in the custom audience to make you a 2,700,000 person lookalike audience. Yeah, And that's, yeah. that's in the US. So I can take solid data and feed it into the AI and then get this 2,700,000 person lookalike audience that I can then send my ad to.
0: Yeah, that's amazing. And then
1: You still have this data coming in. And so what happens is you you start down this road and the longer you're going down this road, the better your marketing gets Mm -hmm. because of the data that's coming in is just being refined and refined and refined and refined. Right now inside my ad account, I run one type of ad. It's called a purchase conversion campaign. And I run it with usually two different videos that are three years old. Okay, so Mm -hmm. I created these videos three years ago. Mm -hmm. And I run it for the event, it's being optimized for one thing that happens on my website. And that is the purchase. Mm
0: -hmm. So what
1: that means is everyone who clicks on my ad goes to my website, if they don't make a purchase, the algorithm doesn't look at it. If If they do make a purchase, the algorithm then looks within my targeted audience and finds me more people like that to serve my ad to. So mm-hmm. the ad is being, is being adjusted. The serving of the ads being adjusted in real time, based on the people who are making purchases through the process of clicking the wow. ad. It was. That's it's, cool. just, it's just mind boggling.
0: And that's, that's all done in the Facebook or or Instagram platform, you know, where and it, it all, and it's it all...
1: so easy. I mean, everything I just described to you, I could probably set up a campaign for somebody like that going to multiple ad sets meaning like let's say four different audiences in less than 20 minutes wow so just and once you set it and you follow some of the metrics you're monitoring you can you can adjust these things within four days you can say audience two is doing way better than audience three i'm going to turn off audience two i'm going to raise the budget on audience three to two dollars a day because i'm getting twice the results you can test creative. Yeah. You you can test thumbnail images. You can test headline. It's amazing what happens, and you can do all of it fast, and you can do all of it for a very small amount of money. You know, yeah. dollar a day. I use dollar a day budgets on each one of my my campaigns. So it just depends on how many campaigns you want to test.
0: Yeah, that's incredible. And before, when you were going through and and, you know, sort of identifying the. You know the different characteristics. You know they they like Sotheby's or or you know they they like you know collecting art. Obviously, you're you're describing an upper echelon type person, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm curious, and you obviously went through this transition as well. When you were going to the shows, you know you you had your pieces priced at X, right? Mm-hmm. And once you learned this, you you learned this technique, you learned this style, you learned that you could put yourself you know, right in front of, you know, in, in, in your case, you know, doing the shows, it could have been the wealthiest person in, you know, that city, you put yourself right directly in front of that, that person. Did you find that you were able to increase your prices then for your, for your wares after you learned this technique?
1: Yeah. I mean, that's the one con- constant uh, with online marketing is especially the way I'm teaching marketing. Uh, I I have, I think I probably have at least doubled most of my prices and in some cases, tripled. Mm-hmm. And that's, you know, over the span of uh, probably six years, five or okay. six years. Okay. So it's it's pretty considerable. And all of the artists and small brands that I work with, I always tell them to usually immediately raise their prices. Yeah. And the reason for that is kind of twofold. Number one, you can get in front of the right people. So, you know, if you want to sell, let, let's say you do a variety of work, maybe you do commission work, maybe you also sell prints. You can, uh, you can target people, you can run, you know, parallel campaigns, you could target people for prints, and maybe you're selling $50 prints, $200 prints. But maybe you're also selling $20,000 originals, and you can target someone else for that. So you can target whatever you want to sell. Price doesn't matter. Those people are out there. I have a student in in Laguna Beach who sold $142,000 worth of work last week. Wow. And we're just targeting really, we're targeting wealth management. We're targeting, we're actually targeting worldwide audience. So uh, that particular sale was in Dubai. And so you can target anywhere you want. Usually customers in that category are going to pay the shipping for something. And so mm-hmm. you don't have to worry about shipping charges. The The pricing is, you know, those people are out there. It's just, it's really cool to recognize that uh, you can get in front of them. Here's here's the other thought I had, which is, 99% of people on the internet are not proactively marketing. Mm-hmm. What they're doing is they have a website and they're all worried about SEO and they're wondering who gets up in the morning and searches for such and such and how am I ranking when people are looking for that thing. Mm-hmm. So if I'm looking to solve this problem, I need somebody to repair my driveway, whatever it is the people who are out there searching the internet and the marketers who are out there are trying to get the attention of the people looking for something. They are in an entirely different space than what I teach. Mm -hmm. What I teach is this, and this is, this has been my life. I have always gone to shows where people did not get out of bed that morning to buy what I create. They're wandering down a festival street or through a, through an auditorium and they, they see what you have and, it's it's impulse or they happen to be in that category like a lot of times I would go to flower shows and a flower show is a perfect venue for what I create and so they were predisposed to fall in love with what I have and so that was a better show than just a random art festival Mm -hmm. but anyway when you market like this on the internet you are determining through interest targeting and, and some other tools to put your work in front of people who should be predisposed to say that's interesting. It catches their attention. They come into your world and they start digging around your website. And if you do the right things on your website, they're going to say, wow. And they're not going to go to the Google to Google and see if they can find somebody who paints similar to you yeah. or photographs similar to you. And can I get a better price on this, this incredible shot of this giraffe that this one photographer took? Geez, I wonder if somebody else had. What happened is you created a great advertising piece it's authentic it's organic you put it in front of the right audience they weren't thinking about you but when you showed up in their news feed they clicked on your ad they didn't even know it was an ad if you did it right mm-hmm. they click on this post they come to your website they fall in love with you as an artist they read your story they read some customer testimonials now they want to purchase something from you they're not comparing you to someone else they're not comparing price and that's in the arena of search When people are out there searching the internet for a lamp for their desk or a new couch or whatever it is, the first thing they're comparing is price. Mm -hmm. The next thing they're comparing is quality. Then they're looking at reviews. And then when they might find something, they might say, you know, I wonder if I can find this somewhere else for a better price. I wonder if there's a coupon out there. I wonder if it's going on sale in a week somewhere Mm -hmm. else. The search engine game is not a game you ever want to play in. You want to market to people who are out there who are buying things all the time and you just want to show up in the world, and and you know ahead of time because you're targeting them, but they had no idea that you know you're targeting because they're uh, they qualify for all these equestrian categories. Mm-hmm. I was on a coaching call with a student uh, this morning. She paints horses, and so she's getting some tremendous results with her campaigns because there happens to be a lot of equestrian things that you can target in Facebook. And so what I do with that is I layer multiple categories of the same kind of thing mm-hmm. so if you qualify for this and then also this and also this well you're like uh, a horse nut yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah like yeah. super you're like really my customer and so that's one of the uh one of the tricks I teach is finding some things that are really obscure that only your perfect customer would qualify for mm-hmm. like for example for my my uh, art business where I'm in the gardening niche, there's a flower show in England called the Chelsea Flower Show. It's a really famous, a world-famous flower show. And so if I'm targeting the U.S. and I target people who qualify for a bunch of different categories and they qualify for the Chelsea Flower Show, well, they're absolutely my customer. And so I have audiences like that. And, and, and it's really learning how to kind of leverage the power of these tools. These tools are amazing uh, if, you, if you learn how to use them.
0: Yeah. You you know, one of the things that I realized is that this entire time you haven't, you haven't talked about, you know, creating your perfect avatar or anything like that. You're basically you using, you know, the information from Facebook, you know, the, the, the data that's been collected about, you know, these people. And obviously Facebook has gone through and done all of the work of, you know, creating all these different segmentations. So, so when you're going through and, you know, going through that exercise of, of, you know, this is my, this is my customer. Is there, is there kind of a natural path where, you know, you know, you might pick, you know, that they, that you gave the example of the the flower show. So they like flowers and then underneath flowers, they would give a subcategory of, you know, I don't know, they, they, you know or or i guess they're in this area they like flowers and then they know what the chelsea garden show was you know does does it kind of naturally give you that that progression to be able to identify okay you know here's kind of your top level you know very broad-based thing and since you chose that now what about this and how about this and kind of keep segmenting it lower or do you kind of have to have an understanding of you know Oh, I, I saw that you know they had a segmentation of the Chelsea Flower Show, and I know that those are you know my my exact people. Like, how do you go through and identify you know yes this is my this is my target, this is who I should be identifying, and and I know that there's an element of testing there as well, but like even just identifying you know this should be a test that I should I should do, you know any any thoughts there on how to identify those types of people?
1: absolutely you 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 basically uh you want to kind of get in the head of your perfect customer so uh, you know for me when i'm a targeting for artists i will start with the style of art that they create so maybe i'll target a similar artist like uh van gogh or jackson pollock and then the next category that i typically use is Okay, so they like that kind of art. That's fine. A lot of people like that kind of art. So what is it about my customer, the people who I've sold to in the past, or the people who I can imagine would walk into a gallery and contemplate buying one of my my pieces. What is it about them that's different than just everybody who likes that style? And so the next category would typically be high-end interior design magazines. So and, and I don't use the category of interior design, which is a category you can target because it's too broad. Mm-hmm. And so my theory behind interior design magazines is if you qualify for that, you probably either subscribe to the magazine or you go on their website. Mm-hmm. And so Facebook has you in that interest. And if you're frequenting those kind of magazines, then you're probably paying attention to the interior of your home, especially if these are high-end magazines. So that gets me to a person who loves this kind of art and they might be buying art for the walls. Yeah. Now my next category might be, you know, maybe I'm looking for people that have second homes. And so if they have a second home, more likely they have more walls. And if they have more walls and they're into interior design and they like this kind of art, well, then that's a smart category, second homes. And then how do I how do I find people that that I know on a regular basis are maybe looking for new artists? I have a category that I that I use. It has some of the biggest art festivals in the world, like uh, Art Basel, and there's a few others around the world that are known for drawing huge crowds of people looking for unique art and new artists, emerging artists, find something new and different. There's a category that I sometimes target called, uh, actually, early adopters will come up. And so if you think about early adopters, now early adopters, typically we think of that in the technology business. Mm-hmm. But if if you qualify as an early adopter and you're in that that bucket, if you will, for Facebook, yeah. and I use that as one layer in all of the layers that I'm creating here for this advertising for this one campaign, well you're a very specific person. You're real you you like Jackson Pollock. Mm-hmm. You own a Labrador retriever most likely. You you read the Dwell magazine or the wallpaper interior design ma- or architectural digest you somehow qualified for the Art Basel category, you somehow qualified for Christie's and Sotheby's, you know, and you're an early adopter. And I happen to be, you know, an artist that's been painting for the last five years. And I've got some really interesting work. And I put a video in front of you that I shot in my studio of a piece that I just finished. Mm -hmm. So it's an organic video, which, by the way, we we didn't even talk about this component, but one of the first things I said to you today is that the internet is rigged in our favor and the AI and the algorithms are rigged in our favor. And what I mean by that is if I pull out my phone in my art studio and film a painting and just talk to you authentically and casually, that video is already going to get more reach because the algorithm is wired to give that video more reach.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> and now, if I put that on my Facebook page and let it get the organic reach that it will naturally get, And then I turn it into an ad. Now what I've just done is I let it get juiced, if you will, on my my feed organically. And every touch point that it got organically is riding with that advertising piece when I put it into an ad. So now when I stick it in an ad, the algorithm is already excited. And I put it in front of an exact audience. So the reach goes further. So what I teach my students how to do is how to get a $10 a day reach on a dollar a day budget. And the reason you can do that is if you understand the algorithm, what it's looking for, the, the reach of an ad is determined by two things. Number one, your budget and number two, the engagement. And so if you've done some things that positively influence the engagement, and then you stick that inside of an ad, well, you've just multiplied your, your dollars, your $1 budget will literally give you a $10, a $10 day reach. And, um, and then you're in front of the right people. Yeah, yeah. that makes sense. <laughs> and then sense. there's that things, you know, sense. there's things you can do to double down on that as as, uh, as you analyze the data coming back at you.
0: I love it. I love it, David. This has been fantastic. I mean, there's been so many so many great nuggets that you've shared. I certainly appreciate it. Um, if people wanted to reach out and you know get in touch with you or learn more about your your services, what would be the best way to do that?
1: Well, I teach a masterclass every week, so uh, I have a free masterclass where I dive deep into these things, and you can register for whichever one's coming up next by going to artistmarketingblueprint.com, so artistmarketingblueprint.com, and that'll get you to the free masterclass. And then I also have a, a website, it's Artist Marketing Formula, and that website, that's .com, will show you all the information about my course and coaching program.
0: I love it. I love it, David. This is, again, fantastic. And uh, kudos for you to, to, to make so many different transitions throughout your life. So love, uh, love learning all your, your techniques and the way you look at things. I, I think you're spot on. So love it. Many, many Excellent. thanks. Well, thank
1: you, Matt. It was an absolute, absolute pleasure. I appreciate it. No
0: problem. Thanks for listening. And remember, pass the secret sauce.